Welcome to Eagle's Nest Forum with Dr. Beecher Moorfield, an internationally known expert on biblically-based leadership and minister-to-ministers who will share thoughts from the Word of God on successful living. Now, let's join Dr. Moorfield for today's message. Yeah. Well, welcome, everybody. How are you? How's God doing? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, I just, <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Praise the Lord. Glad you joined us tonight. Folks on Facebook, welcome. And uh, for those who come later, you just have to watch the whole thing to hear me say welcome. Anyway, go back and watch it again. So nevertheless, good to have you here. Good to be alive in the Lord tonight. Amen. Amen. You know, there, there are many people in this world who are in Christ, but they're not living. They're not enjoying the life that they have. Um, I've been working in, on my uh, upcoming book. Hopefully I'll have it written before the end of this year and we'll get it printed early in 2024. It's called Acts 29. And uh, uh, one of the topics I wrote on was, was miracles. And uh, uh, this statement will not be in that particular chapter. It'll probably be in the conclusion uh, of the book. But people who are living from miracle to miracle are simply taking day trips into the supernatural. Think about it. If you are living in the supernatural, you do not live in a place where miracles are needful. Are there miracles taking place in heaven? Why? They don't need them. Thank you. Every breath that's taken by anybody in heaven is taken in a supernatural atmosphere. In heaven, God speaks, it happens. Boom. Somebody says, that's a miracle. No, no, that's faith. That's the way faith works. It calls things that be not as though they are. And then they are. That's the way faith works. Amen. That's a supernatural atmosphere that we are to live in. I know I'm getting kind of comfortable here tonight. That's all right. I'm just going to enjoy this for a moment. But we have too many people in the body of Christ who live from extreme need to extreme need. They wait until, uh, here, here's a, an expression for you. Are you familiar with the term uh, beyond or behind the power curve? Okay, that can be applied in a lot of things. That is a term that's often used in airplane flying. If, uh, if you were flying, uh, well, even a modern, uh, a modern fighter jet, or go back to something like the A-10 Warthog, powerful little plane, great close order combat type plane, uh, if you're flying one of those planes, often you would be required to take that plane into a dive in order to get down quickly. And sometimes while in that dive, you will release rounds, you'll drop a bomb, you'll fire a rocket, release a missile. You'll release something down at a lower level, and then you'll pull out and climb back up to altitude. If you are taking a plane into a dive like so, it's coming down towards the earth, there is a point, even though the engines are working perfectly on that plane, there is a point at which if you go past it, 
You cannot, even though you can throw full power to the engines, you cannot pull out of that dive in time to keep from hitting the ground. Are you with me? That's called being behind the power curve. Does that make sense? That's why when somebody's flying by instruments, they have all kinds of bells and whistles on the plane to tell you, you know, if, if, if that time is coming up, you need, you need to pull up, you need to pull up, you know, all kinds of stuff. And if, if you don't have all that, you don't know it. But nevertheless, that can happen. Well, my brothers and sisters, the same thing can happen to us in our walk with God. We can allow something that has gone on in our life we can allow it either by ignorance or by laziness or by stubbornness or by simply choosing just not to follow the advice and the counsel of, God, of godly wisdom and put ourselves in a position where we get behind the power curve. Does that make sense? Where, where even, even though you are building your faith to full power, you have gone so far in the wrong direction that if all you do is rely on your power level, you're not going to pull out in time. At that point, you need a miracle. Now, if, if that was achieved, if you came into that, into that behind being behind the power curve by ignorance, you just didn't know. You, you got a God in heaven who will do whatever He has to to move heaven and earth to meet your need. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, uh, what had God provided for them? What did they have in their possession when they left Egypt? Was there any, any sick among them? Any feeble among them? Any maimed or crippled among them? Any poor among them? Had everything they needed, right? But now they come to the Red Sea. Now at the Red Sea, all these Israelites, maybe two million of them, maybe more, led by Moses, they come to the Red Sea, Two things happen, neither of which they are prepared to handle. One is the Red Sea. Nobody could swim that far, so they needed a boat. All right, are you with me? The other was when they came out of Egypt, they came out without an army, no trained military. And they had the finest army in the world at that time running up their tailpipes. So here they are between the, the, the uh, what, what do they call it, rock and the hard place? There they are. Now they did not come to that place out of stubbornness against God. They had been in captivity for 30 years. They did not come to that place through willing disobedience to God. I'm talking about the ones that were there. It, there may have been some willing disobedience that ultimately brought them into captivity, but the people that were there had been obedient to God by taking the Passover lamb and, and, and obeying the Lord's commands to go out and follow Moses and so forth and so on. So they were not guilty at that point of being willfully disobedient to God. They were not guilty of not being aware of the covenant that they had. They, they, they had done that. But there were two things that they faced now 
both of which was impossible for them to handle it. The Red Sea, Pharaoh's army. So what happened? God did a miracle. God did a miracle. Now, maybe maybe we'll get into this sometime, but I, I, I know I've talked about it in the past. Let me encourage you on your own. Uh, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're not going to do that tonight, but just write this down. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and read about the nine gifts of the Spirit, one of which is the gift of working of miracles. Are you with me? When you read that chapter, you will see something there that is very poignant that many people in the body of Christ today do not consider at all. And that is, miracles don't just happen. If a true miracle takes place, it is by the hand of the Holy Ghost for the gifts of the Spirit, one of which is the working of miracles, are in His domain. Are you with me? They come, gifts of the Spirit come as the Spirit wills. Are you with me? You don't pray and get a miracle. You can pray and get a healing. You can pray and have faith exercised over a longer period of time and all things of kind of kind of things happen, but a miracle is a sudden like that move or action that counters or is in counter productivity or opposite to it is totally turns around the course of nature like that. The course of nature is not for the Red Sea to part. Got that? The tides may move it in and out a little bit, but by and large, you run across where they crossed and you're just going to drown. Okay? So for the Red Sea to part, the water stand up and not only to part, but the ground under it to become dry land. Dry land. And the water to stand up on both sides. The Bible says the waters were congealed in the, it's like, it's like the water moved up and that great wind that froze it. Can you imagine walking across dry shot on a long distance of land that had been underwater for, since the creation? <laughs> Think about it. Okay. So when we, when we look at that, that's a miracle. It, Happened like that. That wind happened that night. Whoop, right across. The other thing that happened was Pharaoh's army was pursuing them and God put a fire between Israel and Pharaoh's army. And he did more than that. The Bible says that he did some kind of work on their chariots that they drave heavily. And and uh, I've done some reading about that, and and some people believe, and I kind of tend to believe it, that what happened was God squared the wheels off on the chariot. Square wheels don't run well on any kind of pavement, especially deep sand, and they're in the desert. All right, so that was again a miracle. It was a miracle. It happened like that. Nature could not have done that. But God did, and God did it quickly. That's a miracle. Are you with me? All right. Those do not just happen. They happen as the Spirit wills. And 
when you you have the opportunity to read 1 Corinthians 12, you'll read about the, the gifts of the Spirit. Then read in Galatians about the fruit of the Spirit. How many elements are there in the fruit of the Spirit? Nine. How many gifts of the Spirit are there? Nine. If you will do a really in-depth study about what the fruit of the Spirit is, let's start with number one. I'll touch on that tonight. What is the first element of the fruit of the Spirit? Love. Fruit of the Spirit, first element. Love. Love. Now, which, which are you responsible to do? Produce fruit or produce gifts? Fruit. Your job is to produce fruit. So in the eyes of God, what's more important for you? Producing fruit or having a gift? Producing fruit. The first element of the fruit is love. What is the first element of the fruits of the gifts of the Spirit? Word of wisdom. A word of wisdom. It's a word about the future. It's a word about that's known to God about what is before you. I can love you. Listen closely now. I can love you as long as I have understanding of what you're doing, why you're doing it, even if you're doing the wrong thing. As long as I understand why and what's going I can love you. But if I come to a place where I do know where I no longer know why you're doing what you're doing, I don't understand it. To correspond with Dr. Moorfield, you may contact him on his website at eaglesnestforum.com or join him on Facebook at facebook.com slash eaglesnestforum. And be sure to subscribe to the Eagles Nest Forum YouTube page at youtube.com slash at sign eaglesnestforum. Join us again next time for another inspiring message by Dr. Beecher Morfield.